0: Welcome to Digging Deeper, a podcast of Christ Church, South Philadelphia, where we seek to equip our members to live out their faith in the everyday stuff of life. I'm Matt. And I'm Jeff. We are pastors at Christ Church. Well, welcome to episode number four. Yeah, man. Great to be with you again
1: today. Uh, before, you usually ask me questions, so no. I need to start by asking you a question, on, if that's on okay. I'm the hot seat here. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, what color is your belt?
0: You know what? That that's a good question. I'm looking at it now, and uh, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. I, I think I know where you're going because okay. I think I I already see the mistake I made. But yeah, uh, my belt is actually two colors. Okay. So it is brown no. on one side and black on the other. Okay. It's a reversible belt.
1: Okay. What what color is visible to me right now?
0: You see the brown. Okay. Side, so
1: yes. what is the mistake that you made, Matt?
0: The mistake I made was I was actually um, at a funeral earlier today, and. Oh, um, man.
1: You're gonna play that card now. I'm gonna get in trouble for
0: yeah for picking on me exactly. Um, Poor guy. But yeah, I'm wearing black shoes. Okay. Yeah. With a brown belt. Yeah. Yeah. I and
1: blue and blue pants. Which let's let's just say this first of all to go black and blue is always is always a bold step. It can be pulled off by some. You know, uh, I'm not gonna say whether Matt has the ability to pull that off or not. Well, wait. But
0: can can you hold on for a second? Yeah. Black and blue. Am I supposed to wear blue shoes? Like what else do you? No. Okay. Brown and blue always goes together. Oh, ah, okay.
1: So brown and blue always go together. So that's, that's the natural choice. But if you want to be bold, you can wear a black shoe with the br- with uh, with blue pants if you're being bold. But, bro, your your belt absolutely has to match. I mean, that's just yep. kind of like, you know, I mean, and then, and then your watch is brown. My, well, my watch is brown, brown, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. I yeah. saw it the first thing I came in. I'm glad to know that you're at least self-aware enough to know you had made a
0: mistake. And um, So that's the first know. thing you noticed about me today?
1: Uh... Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, man looks at the outward appearance. That's biblical. <laughs> so Yeah. you, know, you know what? God uh, looks at your heart. God yeah. knows your heart. I don't know your heart. I look at your outward appearance. What else am I supposed to do? Yeah.
0: Well, when you brought it up I, I knew where you were going <laughs> with this and I, I recognized my, my folly well, and my mistake here. But I was uh most of the time I wear brown woke. shoes and I, I put the black shoes on. They've actually I
1: like your pair of brown shoes. Yeah. I've yeah, compl- I've I've complimented you the, the before, I think. Yeah, thanks, man.
0: Yeah. Appreciate it. Problem. Yeah, I've been getting trying to get a... Uh, Uh, style tips from from Mm. jeff and joe every once in a while Mm. they're kind of trying to help me well you can only you
1: can only help someone so much but all right well sorry uh the the time the time is yours as the late andy reed would say Um, time is
0: mine yeah okay well uh speaking of that um speaking of shoes uh you made a comment uh yesterday in the sermon so throw this back at you here you said um something to the nature of you should live a day in my shoes um can you explain that? It's just just like the glory of living in a life in the day of jeff Betcher. what What did you mean by that?
1: Well, I think it was pretty obvious when I said it that I was saying it in the context of um the awesome opportunity I get uh, to be on the front lines of watching God work in so many people's lives, you know in our church, and so you know uh I'm there to see you know marriages that were once you know i mean almost over be restored by the by the gospel um and you know uh i'm you know i there's just so many testimonies i'm aware of that like i can't tell people stories because it's their stories but like i mean every sunday i would just love to get up there and just go around the room and talk about how i see god at work in people's Mm -hmm. lives so i i'm pretty sure i said in the sermon but you know i not i know not everyone um matt always listens to everything so um but that—that's—that's that's what I meant. I mean, you know, um, I,
0: I like to take certain w- sentences you yes. say and take them out of context, Thank and you. then have yeah. you explain them. So that's—that's that's great. One of the, <laughs> that's the great. Joys I have of this podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's what I meant. Just the the opportunity to get front hand seat at seeing the various ways that God is at work in in people's lives. It um yeah the Lord the Lord just amazes me with that.
0: Mm, so that's good, man. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. Thanks for. Explaining that, no problem. Um, good sermon. Uh, you there in the, in the sermon was the the woman who was I- it was eighteen years. She was was yeah. uh, hunched over, and um, y- you mentioned just the point of uh, you know, just being weighed down and yeah, and just the, the different things that could weigh us down. And um, what would you say to someone who who just feels weighed down, who mm. you know, there's just things in their life that they just they just feel these burdens. What, how how would you encourage them.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, I think it's what Jesus was really trying to do. Um, partly what he was trying to do on this encounter was, was be that encouragement. And so I think for people who are feeling weighed down to know that in Christ, you actually can stand tall. Um, There's something more about you than just what might be physically true of you, that what might even be Emotionally true of you, that spiritually you can be someone um, who can stand tall, uh, not in your own strength, but in Christ. And I think that's the real uh, hope we have as Christians: is when we feel weighed down, well, praise God. We're not the only ones in the equation. Um, You know, Jesus can make us stand tall. Like this woman for eighteen years has been weighed down. Like uh, her church couldn't do anything for. Like no one could do anything for her. Jesus came and did something for her. And so I think someone who just feels weighed down, like um, set your, your mind on Christ. Look, look to Christ. He is with you. He is for you. Um, you know, if someone's not a Christian, I'd say come to Christ and let him, and what did he say? Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you are outside of Christ, like come to him and he will lift you up. And if you are in Christ, the great battle of the Christian life is to remember what we have in Jesus. Because I think so often we forget what we have, um, and so we live life um, as if we were still outside of Christ when we are in fact inside of Christ. And that's what I was trying to get at with when I was talking about Satan and how Satan's like a chain line. and so he looks he looks fierce, he looks mm, yeah. he, he looks like powerful, but he 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 he, he it's an empty threat. And I think in many ways, like, we still go through life, you know, fearful of things. We go through, life just, they're just feeling burdened and weighed down. And they could be very real. So I'm not trying to say that, like, like my health disease is very real. Like, when I, like, my skin is starting to flare up really now, which is, you know, a minor thing compared to what I usually go through with my Crohn's disease. And, and, like, it's a very real, like, very uncomfortable thing, right? So, um, that can feel weighed down. And yet, knowing that, like, no, in Christ, like, I have something so rich and so amazing that I can stand tall in him. I, I, um... If I share an illustration now, I, I think I still have rights to be able to share it in a future sermon, right? So, um, cause I, I think have, so. I, I think it was a yeah. good illustration that that, that, I, that didn't make it into this sermon, hit that eating floor just for time's sake. But uh, I plan on using it again because I think it's a good illustration. But mm, I was sweet. reading the story. Now, I, I, I am yeah. preaching
0: next uh, Sunday. So okay, well, copyright. Copyright oh, okay, this okay.
1: right now Man. for me. You can't right. use it. Um, But uh, I was reading the story about, it's a true story, about two um twins who were living in Budapest. Who were homeless they'd been brought over by their father, their father had died, and so they'd kind of grown up on the streets they didn't know anyone in this country they were in a foreign land, and they were just homeless i mean dumpster diving the whole the whole nine yards well, come to find out their uh, their father had fled from his from his dad back in Turkey and um who was who was a billionaire and and so this father died, and then this grandfather died, and when the grandfather died, he left these two homeless twins he left them 5.1 billion dollars um and so they had this like tremendous inheritance And there's this whole great story about how people went to like track them down and find them and 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 they went and they told them this and you know and then they put them on a plane to come like receive their inheritance and i think like as christians like we have this inheritance in christ like we have this incredible gift that we've been given we who are once formerly like you know not a people who are homeless outside of god we have been told that we have something. I mean, even way more than five point one billion dollars. Um, but imagine if these twins—they're they're on the plane—and—and—and and, and I think knowing knowing what they have changes how they journey, right? Like, do you think they're complaining as they're on the plane? Like, do you think that they're acting like, "Oh man, we're these poor poplars"? No, like they're they're riding high, you know. So how how wrong would it have been if they were on that plane, acting like they were homeless men? when in fact they were, you know, incredibly rich. And I think as Christians sometimes we forget, like, we get so used to the dumpster diving life that we live. We get so used to the fact that we're still on this journey, and like, hey, we're traveling, and listen, it can be uncomfortable. Like, plane rides can be uncomfortable. It can be turbulence. Like, there can be things that can be uncomfortable in life. But man, when we know what we have waiting for us, when we know the great inheritance and all that we've received in Christ, like, that should change how we journey. So I think, like, when we are going through life way down, and we're just looking at the problems around us. It's like, man, we need to remember what we have in Christ. Like this is what Peter's getting after in 1 Peter 1 when he says like we have this inheritance that is unperishable, undefiled, like kept in heaven for us forever. And so yeah. he says that this is our blessed hope. And so um, and then he goes on to talk about how that they're being grieved in various trials. So when we're going through tough things of life. When we're going through, you know, hard times, things that can weigh us down we need to, I mean, the main point of the message, we need to stand tall and knowing what we have in Christ. Um, what we have in Christ should be more precious to us and more true to us than however hard the current moment of our journey on this earth is. Mm,
0: that's good. Where would you, uh, for someone, you know, obviously in the text that you preached from yesterday, but uh, you mentioned um, Peter's epistles, but where, where would you point someone to just hey, if you you want to think about the riches we have in christ and you you just want to refresh your your yourself on that where where would you tell people Mm -hmm. to go Uh,
1: i'd love to get your thoughts too because we all have you know different places i think uh probably i would go to the best run-on sentence ever in the bible which is ephesians 1 so in ephesians chapter 1 in the greek it's all one sentence uh i think the english version breaks it up a little bit but i mean you just have it again and again how we are love before the foundation of the world were set apart were chosen according to the riches of his grace were sealed by the holy spirit i mean it's just these incredible like overflowing one commentary called it like a waterfall like paul just can't stop that's why it's a run-on sentence he just can't stop what he's saying so no. if there's one passage of scripture one chapter of scripture i would i would go there and uh and i would i would meditate on that um I don't know what. What would you
0: say? That was my answer. Ephesians. Oh, man, so you, you you stole it for me. Yeah, I think Darn. of uh, the late Warren Wearsby, How he, he kind of he, he has this uh, commentary set, and each commentary, each book of the Bible has a a B something. But that's uh, Ephesians is B rich mm-hmm. is the yeah you know his title for his Ephesians commentary. So that's that's, that's totally what right, yeah. what came to my mind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Good man. Good. Yeah, I, I uh, that that Pilgrim's Progress illustration I, I thought was a great illustration you can mm. just picture that um you, you had uh mentioned pilgrim's progress so um for those I, I i was able to talk to a brother afterwards he was like "Ah, oh, that sounds like a great book that that jeff recommended any uh if, if for for those that are interested in grabbing pilgrim's progress so let me ask you this question would yeah. you recommend a updated version or do you say go with the old? old english you know 1600s version
1: well that's not a fair question to ask me you're asking an english lit major so i I would obviously go to the original source but i do think that being said i do think um depending on where you're at like with your comfortability with that kind of stuff i think the biggest point is to be able to read it so i think there's um i forget what the most recent updated version is but i I would get an updated version i think it's great you know my first exposure to it was actually it's a book called dangerous journey Hmm which is like an adaptation of it so it's it's um it's all the similar words but it just pared down a little bit and it's got great graphics with it so um like I still read it and I moved to tears at different points um and we went through it with our kids so uh but I think you know I, my parents first read that to me when I was on probably in junior high or something but mm. um so Dangerous Journey Dangerous Journey would yep. be a great place to kind of like introductory level and then um I I'm sure like Penguin's classic or something has it um, so it's the highest selling Christian book outside of the Bible. So I definitely think it should be, I mean, I would say to the point, like almost required reading for any Christian. It is just, it's glorious. It goes through the whole Christian life. And, uh, there's obviously parts that, you know, we might disagree with whatever nuances, but just, uh, I think it just really lays out, uh, allegorical form, the Christian life. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Mm. Yeah. I know Charles Spurgeon, uh, I think went through it at least once a year, if not multiple times a year. So I believe he read through that, you know, uh, maybe hundreds of times. He he read through Pilgrim's Progress. It's a great book. It's time well spent. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, we we did get a question in. So someone, and just a reminder to our listeners that uh, while Jeff is preaching, there is a number up on the screen that you can text in questions. So uh, let me, uh, we, we did get a question in says, if the ruler of the synagogue disagreed with Jesus, then why was Jesus allowed to teach there? How were first century synagogues different from 21st century ones where where the same rabbi gives the message every week? If there was a looser restriction on who was allowed to teach in the synagogues, why do Christian churches have so much more structure? So uh, good question. How would you answer that?
1: Well, that doesn't sound like a question. That sounds like several questions. Sounds like multiple questions. But <laughs> so let me try to just uh, answer them as best I can. You have them in front of them. I'm not looking at them. So okay. remind me if I'm missing anything. Uh, so I think one, So well, let me just describe the practice. So yeah, you had a synagogue where you had the ruler who would be basically the one who kept all the rules. He kept, um, he was in charge of the synagogue. So he was in charge of who read that day. He was in charge of who prayed that day. He was in charge of who spoke that day. It would generally be, you know, a rabbi. You would have a, a hometown rabbi. But similar to our churches today, you'd have guest speakers in. So you'd have, you know, it was common for rabbis to travel around. And so and not just anyone could speak. It was definitely not a, not a free-for-all by, by any stretch. Um, but it was, uh, you know, there'd be a guest speaker in. And so Jesus, at this point, as we see again, I mean, there's crowds everywhere. So he's a, a very popular speaker. And so it was his habit and custom that he would go to a local synagogue. He'd be in, invited to speak, I mean, you know, um, in the same way that you know, if uh, the late Billy Graham showed up at my doorstep, guess what? I would invite him to speak to the church. Yeah. So uh, it's a similar, you know, concept. So it's not like just you know any random person can stand up and speak. There was there was more to it. And in fact, actually, if you look at the, well, I was kind of going over his whole issue with Jesus is Jesus started doing he healed someone which was out of order. So it wasn't like the first century synagogue is this kind of like free for all. They actually were so orderly that even healing someone was breaking part of the order, and uh, and they, you know, they, they they flipped out about that, and that was a lot of the, the tension that was going on in the passage uh, in Luke 13. So, yeah, I mean, as far as how it's different from modern-day synagogues, I mean, I mean, that's a really broad question, so there's obviously lots of d- differences, but the general theme of it's actually pretty similar. You still have a rule of the synagogue, you still have the general rabbi who's speaking, and I'm sure they have guest speakers in, like we do at our church do and do. anyone would
0: mm, okay yeah. that's good the uh yeah so the, the follow-up question to that was if there was a looser restriction on who was allowed to teach in the synagogues, why do christian churches have so much more structure so i guess you yeah i think i answered that there answer wasn't that, yeah. a
1: looser restriction so that yeah, yeah. that'd be a misunderstanding yeah okay um, let me speak on that because i think behind that might be a bias like hey why we don't just have you know why do we have loose you know why, why do we have structure well because actually the Bible commands us in 1 Corinthians 14 to do everything in order, and um, it could, you know, pastors are called to preach the word in 2 Timothy 4, so it's not like we're trying to impose some kind of system. I mean, I think any faithful church is trying to um, walk out a service the way that you, at Sunday service, the way you see it happening in in the bible so Mm -hmm. um i think you know to kind of have these and i know it can be kind of you know kind of new agey you know house churchy click like like, hey everyone gets together and you know we're all kind of doing random things like you don't really you don't really see that in the new testament uh i think you see a very clear you have the teachers uh um who, who taught you know you had um so yeah i think it i'll get into different roles i'll open up up a whole other can of worms which i'd have to get into if someone asked me a question about it but uh i think it's scripture i mean you're commanded to do things in order so my Mm. i guess response is why do we do things in order is one we are following in the jewish tradition two more importantly uh we're
0: obeying god (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you know so yeah Mm -hmm. that's good uh well, give you another chance here to to uh, clarify another sentence that I'll. uh Oh. Yeah. Well, let, let's see what you you said. God's kind of a glory hound. Mm, he is. So, uh, so what do you mean by that?
1: I mean, he wants all the glory, man. Like God, God is a calls himself a jealous God. Mm. He does not want to share that which is rightfully his, and what is rightfully his is glory. Is is. You know, glory is a hard word to describe, but it's it's the weight of something, it's the worth of something, it's it's the value of something, and God is the most weightiest, you know, worthiest, um, valuable, supreme treasure that there is. I'm trying to summon my inner John Piper. Yeah. but um, you know, I see you're making the John <laughs> Piper hand movements. Yeah, people you're... can't see my hand motions, but um, you know, this is what God is. This is all His glory, so He wants all of it, and um, you know, that's when like that's why God was was the way he kind of set up his kingdom is that like, we don't go out and do these like big, huge, glorious things. It's, it's often little things, a little bit of leaven, a little bit of mustard seed stuff in the context of Luke 13, that God then does incredible things with it. So that, you know, the praise, it has to go to God. God, God, you're the only one that can do something like Mm -hmm. this. This is all of you. You know, I think about the parable all the time of um, the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, this is how I often think about my sermons. I'm like, I get up there and I'm like, Lord, Today I'm going to use my words and they're nothing but five loaves of fish and uh, five loaves of bread and two little fish, like, you know, whatever it is, man, we get those numbers wrong off the top of my head, but, but Mm -hmm. here's my little bit, God, do something crazy with it, you know? And, and, and so that's why other people say, Hey, great sermon. I'm always saying, well, praise God, because I really mean that. Like, I think if people actually listen to my sermons with like unspiritual ears, uh, they wouldn't be that impressed. Like, I think if there's anything good coming out of it, it's because God has taken my small little words and he's doing something bigger in their hearts, and so I say praise God. And so I think, and that's true for anything, right? That's why I was trying to illustrate, like, the small acts of faithfulness that we can that we can take, right? We do all these things that seem small, maybe, you know, texting a friend in encouragement or, or you know, inviting someone out to church or, you know, just making time in our day to pray. Like, they don't seem like these big, huge you know, glorious, you know, things, and yet God does glorious things with them. And so he's, that's why I mean he's a glory hound. Like, he wants all the praise, and so he set up his kingdom that he uses small things to do massive things so that all the glory goes to him.
0: Mm, that's good. i uh, follow that question up. So if if God does want all the glory, does that mean, uh, you know, I, I could see someone asking, is God egotistical? What, you know, why does, aren't we supposed to, you know, be humble. How, how would you respond to someone that's?
1: Well, I'd say this is with part of the creator-creature distinction. Like, we are to be humble. Why? Because we are not God. Hmm. Right? And so for God to not give glory to himself is to say what? That he is not God? Like, it's for God to, to say that all of us, we should say, like, I should say, praise God, all glory does not go to me. Why? Because I'm not God. Yeah. And all glory should not go to me. If it went to me, that would be idolatry. That would be worship of a false God. God can't commit idolatry. God can't commit false worship. Mm. So therefore, God must do what he commands all of us to do, which is worship himself. And so for everyone else in creation, it's wrong for us to worship ourselves. For God, it is preeminently right. Uh, he is doing, you know, I mean, God says, what, what's the first commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like, can God break his own law? No. So what must God do? God must love the Lord Himself, you know, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like, God must love Himself, and we want God to do that because if God, a God who doesn't love Himself first, would be a God who's saying He is not worthy, and if He's not worthy, then He's not worthy of our worship. Hmm. So, if He's worthy of our worship, that means He's worthy of His worship, and so God is must absolutely be committed to His own glory. Hmm. Um, it is the most righteous and true and beautiful thing that He possibly could do.
0: Hmm. That's good. Amen. <laughs> good brother. Well, uh what's uh what's coming up this Sunday? Any any thoughts on uh I know we have a equip class.
1: We've, yeah, we got a equip class coming up. Steve Kroll I think is teaching on um how can I uh why can't I just uh live however I want as long as I don't hurt others. So kinda of the idea of like, you know, um there's no such thing as real morality. Like, can't we just you know be fine as long as we don't hurt other people? So I'm excited for Steve to do that. I think he's doing a great job. We have this this speaker coming this Sunday who is phenomenal. One of my <laughs> favorite preachers in the world. He's going to absolutely blow people's socks off. Wow. Um, speaking from uh, Luke 13, uh, 22 through 35. And um, Matt, do you know who that speaker is? is do you know who you know we have?
0: Think like, I, have you seen it? I, I, I think I, it? I do. I, I would hmm. not set the bar anywhere <laughs> near that high. Um, yeah. So Matt's so.
1: preaching this Sunday. Matt's preaching this Sunday. Really excited for him to do that. Uh, we actually, before this podcast, were looking over a sermon together. And, and, and Jeff
0: basically had me rewrite my whole sermon. No, so. <laughs> that's not true. You
1: had you had it all there. And I'm just, it's easier to sometimes to see the pieces and help you arrange it. But I, I'm excited. Uh, just reading through the text again, seeing the, the, the fruit of your labor of study. Uh, I'm excited for what it means for our church and for how... We're going to, you know, bless it. And it. I mean, on a personal note, you didn't want to go there. And, um, but yeah, it is really a blessing, man. I just, when I'm not in the pulpit, I, I just love having you in the pulpit, just knowing that uh, the Word of God's going to be in good hands, and so you're mm-hmm. going to be rightly handling the Word of God, and, and you have a pastor's heart, you love our church, and so you're going to be rightly handling the people of the church, and, uh, and I think you're skilled in doing so. So uh, it is a joy for me to take a step back and to allow you to preach this Sunday, and I will be... Praying for you and excited for that. So it should be a yeah, it should be a should be a great Sunday. Thanks,
0: man. I no pre- appreciate the encouragement. Yeah. yeah. It's got an it. honor to be able to, to preach God's word. Yep. Well, I think that's it. Anything else we uh we got here?
1: I don't I don't think so. I mean we could talk more about fashion, but I think we had enough fashion, of that for yeah. today.
0: If anyone has any recommendations, feel free to email me directly, Matt at christchurchsouthphilly.org. dot <laughs> org and uh give me some fashion tips i'm i'm always uh <laughs> looking for them so i'd i'd appreciate that but uh you know
1: budget wise fashion tips cuz we are pastors so yes uh, as yeah. long as as long as it's something you can get at a second hand store um yes yeah, send those suggestions to to matt so joe and yeah. i are, we're trying our best but uh you know again you can only take a guy so yeah. far may uh, this, may may this be a community effort perhaps
0: yes please help but uh <laughs> just just to give you a, an encouraging word. Well, I, I don't know if it's encouraging i went into marshalls yesterday mm. we were on our way to Target, and we walked into Marshalls, and I found sneakers for sixteen dollars. Yeah. So sweet. So I bought three pairs. <laughs> so I, and, and actually, I bought I <laughs> they, Wait, they were three of the same. <laughs> no, they they were similar but different colors. So I was like, man, okay, like different you know, colors. This is, this is great. And then I ended up just sticking with two of them, and I I think I got them home, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I could probably only keep one of these <laughs> pairs. But sixteen bucks, man. Yeah, sixteen bucks for Can't sneakers, man. So hopefully they're fashionable and
1: you know well, i'll let you know yeah let later, me know but sounds yeah. good man cool, cool man <laughs> well
0: thanks everyone thanks for listening uh again always love to hear from you uh, hear your feedback so Jeff or Matt at christchurchsouthphilly.org and may the grace of our lord jesus be with you thanks everyone
1: bye